Just a warning, what you're about to see is a bit graphic. Everybody, welcome to the Angry and Negative Show. <laughs> I can hear, I can hear like the deflatedness in your voice. <laughs> day eleven of lockdown here. I think it could be day forty-five for all the fuck I know anymore. It's been so long. I don't even know who I am. I stopped keeping track of the days. Yeah, it's I, uh, all one day. <laughs> it's all just one one day anymore. But like, I think today's Tuesday, right? Fuck if I know. Tuesday or Wednesday? It is, or is it uh, Monday? It's a Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. Or it could be 2024 by now, for all I know. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, 2020? <laughs> Fucking drags. It yeah. is the Angry Negative Show. <sighs> no hockey, but... Fuck. We're going to be reviewing an old game anyway. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to have a spinoff series today featuring our friend Garrett Parker, the co-founder by the way, Puck, but as far as we know, he may have been taken out by a large sniper rifle because he has not been answering, but well, uh, we'll corona. keep posted on that. Or Corona. Maybe he's got the Corona. Yeah, he had all these, these topics that he wanted to do for his show because he's bored out of his mind. Now it's time to do his show. And... Damn it, Garrett. <laughs> but don't worry. There's happened. plenty of piss and vigor here to go around with just the two of us. Oh, yeah. Um, who's bringing the Who's bringing the piss and who's bringing the vinegar? I'll bring the piss. I'll. Uh, I think I got some vinegar down there. One of the last <laughs> remaining foods I have in the house. Is vinegar Could you food? Imagine, I don't even know. Could you imagine having to survive off vinegar? Uh, I, I actually like the taste of vinegar. I used I to I used to take little sips when I was younger. So did I. <laughs> I really like the taste of vinegar. Yeah. Fries and malt vinegar is always good. Oh, there you go. Good combo. When I was younger, I think uh, maybe around 2021-ish, we uh, had a bunch of friends over. I think it was around my birthday time. And uh, we were all drinking over my parents' house. My buddy used to get really, like, really wasted. And uh, I used to try to get him to chug stuff all the time. So I don't know why. But I thought it'd be funny to replace vodka with vinegar. You know, like clear, like the white vinegar, whatever it's called. Jesus. And I got him to chug. <laughs> I got him to chug the bottle of vodka, which was actually vinegar. And <laughs> he must have he must have took like six or seven gulps before <laughs> he, he realized because <laughs> he, he threw up all over the kitchen table. <laughs> Dude, it was one of the most funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe... Like, as soon as vinegar touches your lips, you know it's vinegar. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, certainly it not vodka, took, that's for sure. It must have took, like, six six or seven huge gulps before he... He didn't even notice it was vinegar. He just threw up. <laughs> I feel like yeah. even at my drunkest, I'd still notice the difference between vinegar and vodka. So would I. Yeah, he was just like, chugging Even if I was Christmas show level drunk, I would still be able to be like, ah, that's vinegar. <laughs> Yeah, this is not vodka. Yeah, he was chugging away. Ugh, Impressive. Christ. 
He's probably he immune from the coronavirus then. <laughs> yeah. He really, I can tell you some stories about this guy. He really might be immune to it, yeah. I don't know what the hell he's doing today. <laughs> probably <laughs> sitting down with a big bottle of vinegar waiting for the world to end like the rest of us. Yeah, he might be drinking vinegar, actually. He's, he's raw. Oh, I, I don't want to. I'll say enough. I don't want to say anything. Good guy. That's it. You know, you know what I do want to say something about? Steve yeah. Mason! Okay. Okay. So, I, I wish we did the show at like 3 p.m. because I was so full of fucking rage and anger. Were, now I'm just kind of 9.13 p.m. and I'm just kind of like, nah. Steve Mason. Why can, do people hate Steve Mason? I'll get you fired up because he he wasn't that great. He wasn't That's that bullshit, good. bullshit, Jim. He was another guy. He was not another guy. Placeholder goalie for the he Flyers. He was the best goddamn thing this franchise has had since the early 2000s with Chekmonic. The it first thing people think of is that goal. That's the, the only thing that I think of. That's the only memory I have of Steve Mason. It's like Vesitoskala. Like you say that name and the first thing you think of is that fucking center ice goal. <laughs> no, really, like Steve Mason played here for four years. Five. Five uh, I years. guess it was four and a half. It was he came at the deadline of the first year, but No, okay. Four and and, and all I can remember is that goal. I remember being uh, and maybe it's just Do you my remember general... how they made the playoffs that year? Because Steve Mason won like twenty of his last twenty five games or whatever it was, put the team on his back and they made the playoffs. Which um uh, which season was this? I'm sorry. I was 16, I believe. 16, 17? The Capitals, yeah. Um, no, oh 15, 16. God. Man, what a fucking team that was. I mean, yeah, you're what right. The team goddamn was... disaster. And that was the other point. <laughs> Briz is better. Bullshit! Listen, I love Briz Golov far more than I have any reason to. Okay, I didn't watch Game Three just now. It just wrapped up. I found all the games on YouTube, so I want to go back and watch them in order of the the 2012 series. So I didn't watch Game Three, but like Briz was a fucking disaster in that series. Okay, he, yeah. he <laughs> the roster in front of him at his height. Uh, I'll just read these names off, and you can compare. During Brizgalov's top season, Giroux, Hartnell, Yager, Simmons, Voracek, Briere, Reed. Uh, Timon and Carl, Talbot, Couturier, Mazaros, JVR, Coburn, Brayden, Shen, Pronger, Wellwood, Ronaldo, Bourdon, uh, Zolner, Chuck, and Lilia. Whereas Steve Mason, during his best year, Voracek, Giroux, Streit, Simmons, Brayden, Shen, Sean Couturier, MDZ, Matt Reed, Raffle, LaCalvier, Vandevelde, Umberger, Nick Schultz, Nick Grossman, Luke Shen, Ryan White, Andrew McDonald, Pierre-Edouard, Belmar, Brayden Coburn, Carlo Koliakovo, Scott Lawton, Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> so yes, what Steve you- Mason had a much harder fucking team in front of him because they all sucked. So his, uh, what do you had, a 920, 928 save percentage that year with that team in front of him. Yeah, you know what? And I'm actually going back. I went back to look uh, Roman Czech Monarch here because we were talking the last 20 years. You want right? to talk soft playoff goals? Roman Czech Monarch in 2003? <laughs> <with> the Senators? <laughs> Did you look it up? The whole goddamn reason he's not a flyer. Was he, why he wasn't a flyer long term? Because it sucked in the playoffs. <laughs> um. So, Steve, you said Mason had a 928 save percentage. Czech Monarch never had above a 925. In any season, even though he had, uh, in that same year, he had a 1.83 goals against average. His save percentage was 9, 
925. Mason in 2012-13, he played seven games. That was the year they acquired him. A 944 save percentage. 13-14 at a 917. 14-15 was a 928. And 15-16 was a 918. And 16-17 uh, was a 908. That was the year when he ended up splitting most of the time with Neuber, uh, which was a fucking disaster. But I, um, real quick here. Fun little factoid. Let me just double check to make sure this is correct. Robert Esch and Roman Chekmanik teamed up to win. You knew this. Jennings, yeah. Yeah. They split I it with Brodor that year. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty Esch cool. Esch was pretty decent there for those couple of years. Yeah, he had uh, one really... Solid year, yeah. The 915, 2.04 goals against average. And then I don't know what the hell happened. Those uh, those teams could, I don't even remember, to tell you the truth. Those were the good teams, right? When they had Recky and, and Roenick and all those guys. Oh, 506, yeah, right after the lockout. Uh, but yeah, I, I got a little off track there with that. Steve Mason. What else you got, man? That's it. I, you, I feel like there was a lot more piss I was vinegar. so angry a couple hours ago now it's just now i'm just annoyed yeah you're kind of over like it's not fresh anymore it's not fresh it kept bringing up Bobrovsky too that annoys the shit out of me to no end because i hear that all the time from people oh well they traded a two-time vesna winner and sergey Bobrovsky. no they didn't Bobrovsky was just a dude when he was here and i brought up patrick sharp like sharp, uh, Justin williams falls into this category too like they were both flyers for short periods of time and the flyers traded him for whatever reason and they went on a 1-3 Stanley Cups, respectively. Did they trade Stanley Cup winners? No, they traded dudes that just happened to win a cup with a different team. Bobrovsky was the same way. Bobrovsky was just a fella while he was a flyer. Maybe they gave up on him too early. They very well may have. And they probably did. But the scenario at the time was they were going with Briz one way or the other. Bobrovsky, a 273 goals against and a 909 save percentage. Which is a little above pedestrian, all things considered. He was just in, a dude. Sh- yeah, Bobrovsky here. I didn't. I, I didn't like him to tell you the truth. I, I thought he was. I thought he was weird looking. He was unorthodox a little bit. He was kind of lanky. A lot of holes. It felt like he had some some good games, but it also felt like a lot of it was maybe luck. At least to me, in his first season. Uh, the next season, didn't he back up Briz? Yeah, he was backing up Briz. And then that's when they got rid of him because Briz, he didn't want to back up Briz Gallo, no. right? He had a 915 yeah, I mean, save percentage in the first season and an 899 in his second one. Yeah. Actually, I mean, he played a, 54 games in 10 11. Yeah. And then 29 had, in 11 12 when they brought yeah, in Briz. It was really solid, finished seventh in, in Calder voting and whatnot. But. They went out and got Brizgalov. Like, what were they going to do? If anything, that's where they made the mistake. You know, you can't can't blame Bobrovsky for that. You know, you, and, and I don't understand how you can compare Bobrovsky to Steve Mason before the trade. Like, if you want to say Bobrovsky's better than Mason with the Blue Jackets, then obviously, yeah. But while he was with the Flyers, uh, you know, before I looked at these numbers here. I was kind of like, yeah, Steve Mason was just, you know, he filled in goal four years for the Flyers. He was never going to help them win anything. But after looking at some of the numbers, you, you're right. He was pretty solid. Maybe he is underappreciated just because those teams were so bad. 
he was the only reason those teams weren't tanking for McDavid and Eichel and Matthews and all those players because he kept them in it. Mm-hmm. Let me see something here. Who like who's even another goaltender since Monic in the early two thousands that would have even come close? Esh had that one good year, and Leighton had that miracle run in twenty ten. But mm-hmm. like other than that, what the fuck? Like I lo- like you said, I love Briz as just as a fucking goaltender. He's phenomenal. But like as a player, as a goaltender, as his job is to stop pucks, he was not very good. It's pretty amazing, dude, because the the way that I viewed Steve Mason, maybe I'm going to have to go back and watch some of his games. Because like I said, the only thing that comes to mind for me is is that Washington goal. And it just ruined any any like anything that I had for Steve Mason was just gone in that moment. Um, but I'm looking at Brian Elliott's 2017-18 season. And even that was a .909 goal, uh, save percentage. And that's kind of how I viewed Steve Mason as like just a guy that the Flyers had in goal. But, you know, to, to your points, dude, you're kind of right here. I know I'm right here. I wonder, fucking right. like, I, I wonder, not that I'm saying I wouldn't rather have Carter Hart, but I wonder what Steve Mason would look like with this team, playing for Lane Vigneault, playing with, uh, you know, actual the, uh, hockey players in front of him. Provorov, Niskanen, yeah, I'm gonna have. To, I want to go back and look at some of these rosters real quick here, and I'll go from the the best team. I'll go from the 9.28 save percentage here. Let me see. You already Ilya read Brzezgalov, a bunch of names off. 99 games as a flyer at 9.05 save percentage and a 2.60 goals against, which yeah, is wow. relatively average. Straight Very up, the Cavalier was on that team. Woo-hoo! 40 for 40, baby. God, I love Vinny LeCavier. Uh, yeah, I kind of liked him, too. He could shoot the fucking puck. Uh, yeah. He was a, a prime example team. of the game got fast, and he couldn't yeah. keep up. Because like, it, it did kind of happen overnight, didn't it? More or less, yeah. Like, in the early 2000s when he debuted, he I mean, he was a big dude. I think he was like 6'5 or something. But he could shoot the puck, and he was faster than everybody else at the time which is a relatively low bar to handle in, you know, early 2000s when everybody was, you know, 6'6 and couldn't skate. But as time got on and, you know, you got to 2010, 2011, 2012, the game had moved so fast where he could still score. I mean, fuck, he had a 20-goal year here. And if he was utilized yeah. properly with under Barubi, like, he probably could have uh, still been something. But the speed of the game just got so quick that he couldn't keep up anymore. And Tampa bought him out for a reason. He's still like seven years left on the Tampa contract when they bought him out. That's crazy. It, it's just like he the the game just passed him by. He was so goddamn good, but it just it got too fast for him and he couldn't keep up. Like if they used him as like a cherry picker just to keep him out there, the purpose of scoring goals, they probably could have used him well if you had a competent coach at the time. But Barubi was not a competent coach at the time, and then he ended up you know retiring, I believe, after they traded him to L.A. So. If I remember correctly, and I could easily look up right here real quick, but if I remember, I think I remember them saying he was he was not the greatest skater when he was drafted. But let me let me just Hell double no. check. But it was it was at an era where even being a like yeah. mediocre skater was good. You know, yeah. it was the two thousand. No, was he drafted ninety nine, ninety eight? 
First overall, 98. <laughs> the first thing that comes up here is uh, Hextall feels bad for Le Cavalier, but sometimes that's life. Is that a fucking what? Broad City Hockey article? <laughs> no, it's uh, Bucks County Courier Times. What? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to read that. <sighs> James Neal is trending. I assume everybody's been watching Game 3. Oh, my God, dude. He was a dirty fuck, man. That entire series was just fucking... I never noticed that he was like that until that series, though. Like, in a span of less than two to three minutes, he he literally did jump. Like... So I know sometimes give me the whole, I think it was on contact, uh, his skates come up, blah, blah, blah. But he really he jumped maybe a foot off the ice to make that hit on Couturier and then uh, you know the headshot on Giroux and I know we're talking about the wrong game but I don't know James Neal from that point on I mean I already didn't like him because he was a Penguin but from that point on it was like this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, that was. I'm gonna go back and watch that whole series again. I didn't yeah, want to watch game. I didn't want any spoilers, too. so I didn't watch. <laughs> I didn't want any. Uh... I wanted to watch the whole thing from start to finish. So, speaking of no spoilers, I don't. I don't want to get off the Steve Mason thing. We can come back to it if you want, but we watched that game. Uh, I watched it yesterday in the tub. <laughs> how hard is it? How hard was it for you to watch that game, knowing the outcome and and everything that was going to happen? And the Flyers won. I, I'll be honest with you. I forgot to score that game, and I almost wasn't well, sure if they before won. Before we talk about it, why don't we tell the people what we're talking about? How about that? Yeah, go ahead. We, we went back and watched the famous Flyers-Senators line brawl game, uh, March 5th, 2004. And now, going in, I knew what was going to happen because I've written about the brawl multiple times. It was in top five goalie fights. It was in top five line brawls. So I've gone back and cataloged it move for move uh, multiple times now. So I knew what was going to happen there. But I've never gone back and watched the full game before. So... I, I knew this was the third or fourth meeting. A little background going into the game: it was the third or fourth meetings for the Flyers Senators that uh, that season, and they played about a week before where there was an incident where Martin Havlat hit Mark Recchi in the face with a stick. They got tangled up. He took a fucking stick to the face. Everybody was angry as hell about it. So, knowing that, I looked that up before I started watching it, and knowing the <laughs> uncontrollable brawls at the end. I thought for sure the game was going to be chippy. You know, they were going to be shoving matches throughout and all this wacky shit leading up to the brawl, but that wasn't the case at all. Like, it was a normal hockey game from 2004. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just slow and boring, so and there was no boring. speed and skill. In an era where there's a Connor McDavid highlight every single night, you know, when he's going the 200 feet length of the ice in like three seconds, you know, and he's doing this wacky shit and the spinoramas and the phenomenal passing and all this shit in 2020, you know, the speed of the game in general. And going back and watching this, it was like, holy shit, what a different era. You know, it's like I knew it was going to be bad, but I was not expecting it to be quite this bad. Yeah, even that first period when it was, uh, what it finished, 3 1 after the first? Yes. Even that first period, you're like, all right, there's some goals. Second period, so bad, dude. I could have drowned. Like I, I was really watching it. I was really watching it in the tub, and dude, I could have fell asleep. That's how boring it was. 
And then the third comes around. I think there's a, another couple goals there. And then, like, you're waiting. Because you know it's coming. You're you're waiting for the last two minutes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, they're, I don't know why it took so long. I swear to God. In the second period, I saw there were seven minutes left in the second. I went. I was texting somebody. I was on the phone. I looked back up, and there's still seven minutes left, and it seemed like ten minutes went by. I'm like, what the I fuck is happening? I watched this thing, like, Every second, I watched like the fucking Zapruder film. I went back and just kept watching and watching and watching it, waiting for something to happen, and it never did. Oh my it god, it was the worst game. Going like, I'm like, oh, let's pick this game because you know it'll it'll get some uh, some listens and some uh, some fun. views. Yeah, and right whatnot. off the bat, may do something everybody loves. And, and <laughs> fuck, Dude, so bad, it was so boring. I I really could have fell asleep. But, uh, you know, once it did get to the good stuff, and I, maybe it was because we were just waiting for that. Like, the game didn't matter. Who gives a, sh- who gives a shit if they won? Um, I was but, still expecting something, though. There was yeah. nothing. Uh, let's go over here. The first 10 minutes were, it, it started off like a Philadelphia Flyers game in 2019. Like, Ottawa Senators came out in the first 10 minutes and just dominated them. Patrick Laleem made two or three huge saves right off the bat. And then after that, it was Flyers the rest of the game. Like, the Senators slowed down. The Flyers ended up running circles around them for a while. But, like, the speed of the game overall was slow. Chris Neal opened the scoring. 1-0 Senators. Oh, it was Tony Amonti's 1,000th game, by the way. Uh, oh, wow. They didn't. I feel like they didn't even make light of that. Maybe it's because it was a Senators broadcast. Then, uh... Samick had the first Flyers goal. Which, like... I'm so happy I got to watch a Radovan Samick play again. It's been a long ass time. <laughs> that one made me happy. But the only uh, sign of, like, anger in this game was late in the second period, I believe. Actually, that's not true. It was late in the first period. When Mark Recchi blindsided Brian Smolinski with an elbow. And... It was, I mean, it was fucking brutal. And it wasn't even called. There were, the lack of penalties in this game, Jim and I were talking about this a little earlier, like, the lack of penalties was astounding. There were two high sticks. One of them was on Danny Markov, and the other one, I forget who the hell it was on. It's been in these notes somewhere. But just brutal high sticks to the face. Markov got <laughs> right between, uh, it was right on his nose, right between his eyes, just gushing blood on the bench. No high sticking call. The hookings were insane. It's like, in an era where... If you tap your opponent on the wrist, if you get their stick anywhere near their midsection, if you get it anywhere near your face, whether you touch them or not, you're going to the box. And here we're just watching people get whacked in the grill with, like, <laughs> no consequences. It's insane. The hookings did make me laugh. There was a couple guys going for rides in that game. Like, they, they had the full stick hooked securely. Yeah. And they were just along for the ride. The, you know, one guy was skating, and they're just... You know, like they're just sitting back there, like they're on a wagon or something, dude. It's so funny. Kim no penalty. Was the other one that got hit in the face pretty bad. A couple can openers, stuff. no penalties. No. And they Great. opened the second period. We were alerted that the Flyers are missing two defensemen. Chris Terrian was out with a left shoulder injury, and Yanni Pikkinen was out with what they called he got his bell rung. <laughs> so they didn't care about concussions even back then. I was gonna say twenty years ago, that's called a concussion. <laughs> Which means the <laughs> remaining four Flyers defensemen in this game were Matthias Teamander, Danny Markov, Jim Slaney, and Kim Janssen. What a fucking group, huh? Was it? Did you say Jim Slaney or John Slaney? Oh, Which John, one was it? John. Is it John or is it Jim? 
Now you're uh, confused. I, I thought it was John. I think I said Jim. Did I say John? I think you said Jim, and I thought it was John. So that's why I was like, wait. Oh, John Slaney. It, there you go. Because there is a Jim Slaney, I think. I think there see. is, yeah. Let me just Google that real quick. Jim Slaney. You know Jim Slaney is still the record holder for AHL goals by from a defenseman? <laughs> I like that you're still calling him Jim. John Slaney. Now it's fucking... Is it in my notes as Jim? Maybe I... Oh, yeah, it is. That's why I'm calling him Jim. John Slaney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's no uh there's no Jim Slaney of significance. Hmm. Uh John Slaney, yeah, the career NH AHL. 166 goals from him. Still the record really, to this day. I really wanted him to pan out. Like just magically pan out with the Flyers. Because I I was rude. I really liked him. I mean, he was putting up the fucking points. Yeah, How did in he the not? AHL, wasn't he? In a 20-goal season in 2001, 59 points, 42 points, 48 points, 44 points, 50 points, 33 points. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah, I don't know. He just played. Is, could not translate to the NHL. Uh, Four, five NHL games for the Flyers in that time? Jesus. And he, he played until 2011. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's... Yeah. Check That's twenty years. Yeah. yeah, I was. I thought he fucking played hockey for thirty years. He only played for twenty. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, twenty years. His first professional season was ninety three. He he was playing over in the in NHL in ninety one. He retired in two thousand eleven. Christ Almighty! I think he was a high pick too, man. He was, was... ninth overall by the Capitals in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Whew. What the fuck? I love the Baltimore Skipjacks. The Skipjacks is one of my favorite names in, in all of hockey. You oh. know what? That would be a fun little poll there. But this is unrelated, but I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, leading score. Okay, so he was overtaken in 2011 for leading score, but he still holds the goal scoring record. All right. For AHL. Yeah, for the AHL. For... I had the AHL record book open the other day and was reading it. Shit's insane. That is that's interesting because there there's probably going to be some names that you wouldn't recognize in there. A whole bunch of people I had no idea who they were. <laughs> yeah, because these are the guy these are guys that would spend most of the time in the AHL instead yeah. of the NHL, so you wouldn't really see that many From recognizable names. 2000s and late 90s, it's like I don't know who the fuck it was on AHL rosters in the 90s like <laughs> a little before Bielowicz, uh, Frankie run. was Yeah, Frank Bielowicz. Frankie B. It was worth noting, on top of the injuries, on top of the Pitkinen and Terrian injuries, Primo, Tockett, and DeJardin were already out of the lineup for them. Dude, dude what a team. Did I think they said Ronick too. Yeah, Primo, Ronick, and DeJardin. Oh, you said Tockett. Dude, you might have coronavirus. I might. I'm fucking names up. I just can't read my notes is what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm shitty handwriting, and I'm sitting in the dark, so I'm really... Uh... <laughs> Uh yeah, so Ronick and Primo, just can we just think about that for a second? Ronick and Primo playing on the same team. Yeah, like they those are your top two centers. Like what? Those are two Primo's are... last full season too. Wow, really? Because the who was well no the lockout was four five so five six would have been the year that he got hurt. Mm. He played ten games whatever it was and then missed the rest of the year. Too bad. Jeez. I loved Keith Primo. Yeah, I really didn't appreciate him as as much. I guess because I was younger when I was watching him. 
uh, I was more of a, a kind of a Ronick guy. He was more of, I guess, flamboyant. And uh, I was kind of attracted to those types of players. And Primo just kind of went, he went about doing his job. You know, he wasn't really a flashy kind of guy. He was big. Yeah, I don't think I appreciated uh, Keith Primo enough while he was here. That's a game that we could go back and watch, that five-overtime game, if you have uh, about six hours to spare. <laughs> well, I fucking do, so we may decide <laughs> yeah. to uh... Exactly. Let me go back and look at some of Keith Primo's. Kim Janssen's power play goal in the second period. Holy shitballs. That was phenomenal. He ran that power play better than Shane Gossesbear has in five years. He was really solid on the power play, Janssen. Holy shit. He was he was quietly one of my I don't want to say favorite but I really liked I, him. I enjoyed watching him yeah. play. Yeah, he was a smart player. Yeah, he played for a couple of years after when he was with the Flyers too. I think he went to Minnesota Chicago. for a couple of years and Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he was a solid player, Kim Janssen. Uh, you know what's crazy? Looking at Keith Primo's numbers here is he had one good season with the Flyers, and I'm wondering if that's why he doesn't get as much respect. Uh, he beat Peter Forsberg in the uh, Brotherly Puck March Madness poll. Wow, that's see, that's really interesting. Which to me. I guess blew my fucking years. mind when I saw that. Like, how he do was you? Here for six like, years. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I love Forsberg too, but goddamn, I love Keith Primo at the time. He was like okay. the first player that I like truly remember watching because that would have been when I was just a wee lad. Here's something for you. So. Well, Keith Primo played for Detroit for six years, the Flyers for six years, the Hurricanes for two, and the Whalers for one. Yes. When you think about Keith Primo, I mean, I would assume that we would say the Flyers, right? Flyers. The team do you think yeah. of him as playing for? See, I wonder what uh, I wonder what other people would think there because he had his best years with Detroit. Well, actually, see, not even with Carolina, Carolina. I would say. Yeah. Most I mean, the, his best season was with the Flyers in one uh yeah, two thousand two thousand one. It looks like interesting. Uh, Thirty four goals and seventy three points. Made the All Star teams a bunch of times. Three different teams. Yeah, he's an. I think he's an underappreciated player, Keith Primo. But having said that, he only scored over twenty goals with the Flyers once. He was looks like he was hurt one, two, three years. Old and broken down by the time he got here. Especially years. towards yeah. the end. Yeah, I guess he's one of those bigger guys. 2005. 6'5", 220. And he, he played big, too. When yeah. they lost him in 05-06, that sucked. That... I don't remember the game that he got hurt, do you? Not off the top of my head. Uh, he, he, got, he must have got hurt early then, right? Because he played nine games. Uh, nine games that's... in. It had to be October. And that's when everyone was wondering with the if there was like a Flyers curse. We got Lindros and Primo. Pronger fucking gets hurt. He was an assistant captain now, I think, right? Yeah. Richards fucking gets traded. Giroux, I guess, stopped that curse, huh? Knock on, knock on fucking wood. Oh, he got coroned. Nine games into the 2005-2006 season, Primo suffered a concussion which ended his season. As a result of ongoing PCS, he officially announced his retirement on September 14, 2006. So, yeah, so he, he, pretty quickly, I guess, huh? I don't know who who hit him, though. I guess I could look it up on YouTube. Uh, September 2006 would have been the next year, so it took him a year to retire. 
34 years old, I guess. I mean, you come back after the lockout and you get hurt. You don't play for a year. Basically, you don't play for two years. It's like, I'm 35 years old now, so. He was suffering from that for a little while, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. He was a good dude. But, yeah, anyway, back to, uh, what Keith year was Primo that game? fought his brother at one point? What? Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. Wayne Primo. Yep. Uh, you know what I love about the NHL, too? There's so many uh, pairs of siblings and, and whatnot in the league. Like, what other league is like that? There's not. Uh, none that I can think like, of. Like, you'll have, like, <clears throat> like uh, former players' sons will be in, so now you have, you know, you have a father, and now you have two sons playing in the same league and shit like that. It's, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. You have uncles, cousins, blah, blah, blah. Like, everybody comes from the same spot. But it also meant, well, I'll get into that in another show. It makes you wonder, like, how how much politics is it? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, Wayne uh, Keith Primo is good. Is Wayne Primo just in the league because of his last name? Or same thing with, with Lindros. With, uh, whatever, I'm getting off topic here. Let's look up Wayne Primo. Ronick was old too, man. Thirty-four. Recky was thirty-five. Yeah. And they were putting up numbers. They were really depending on these guys to carry the team. Oh, this is before age was out. Player thirty-four. How about Sammy Kapanen on that team, man? I loved watching that guy play. Wayne Primo played seven hundred and seventy-four NHL games. Holy shit! Wow. Uh, is that more than Keith? Yeah. Oh no, no. <laughs> seven hundred uh, nine hundred nine for Keith. Seven hundred seventy-four. It's respectable. Oh, yeah. Maybe a bad example with Wayne Primo. Brett Lindros would be a good example. Hmm. Eric Desjardins was 34. Anybody good on this team? Mike Comrie was on this team. I, yeah. I used to like Mike Comrie. Wasn't he married to Hillary Duff for a while? Oh, yeah. Sure was. <whistles> Born on September 11th. That's bad luck. Eric Trinard. I remember I liked him. 6-3. Yeah, this was a fun roster. Even got... See, like, up and down this roster, like, everybody played a part. Neil Little was on this fucking roster. Why? <laughs> played one of his two games that year, I guess. Jesus. Marcus Ragnarsson I really liked. Radovojevic, Radovojevic always had energy. He was flying around. God, he Mike Peluso. in this brawl. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really did. Fucking oh Robert God. Esch in this game was a master to watch. Oh, his, he did his, have a really nice game. Just his patience on the shots was phenomenal. Yeah, he it's looked a good. Technique that I don't know if it would work in, in 2019, given just the speed of the game, but holy shit, his patience for those shots. He just waited everybody out. It's fucking... Mwah! Oh, I love Robert Ash. Love watching him play. That's why I got He's to... got your last name, dude. Yeah. Did you ever try to reach out to him? I reached out once and never heard anything back. Just tell him that you're his son. <laughs> I'm your long-lost son. <laughs> and I want you to come on my podcast. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Angry and Negative Show. I'm Daniel Esch, and I have my dad on. <laughs> my dad, Robert <laughs> Esch, is here today. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know what I, really, I also really liked on this team? And I was trying to think who the fuck was playing center with Primo and Ronick out. Alexei Jamnov. 
I really liked him. Yeah, he was all over in this game too. Even with uh, Chicago, like that was the year where the Flyers went out and just got players that I I liked. I didn't like a lot of players that didn't play for the Flyers, but I liked Ronick and I liked Jamnov. Just because I I liked guys that could rack up assists and he was so consistent throughout his career. I'm looking at numbers here. He was he was always 20 30, 20 35, 40 goal guy, 40 assist guy, 60 65 points every season. And I, he was one of those guys where I feel like if you put him with a, a Gagne or a Le, uh, Leclerc, somebody could put the puck in the net. He could be a seven. He could be like a Voracek, twenty and twenty and fifty. You know, I, I really like this game. Zamenhof jersey. Dude, he was a he was a solid player. Unfortunately, with the Flyers, I mean, he had eighteen points in the twenty games he was here. Why did he only play twenty games? They also mentioned in this one. Maybe you can. Uh... Oh, uh, you can guess here. The Caps had three first-round picks that year. You wanted to guess who they were? Oh my God, really? This was two thousand three, two thousand four. Two thousand four draft, yeah. Was Ovechkin one of them? Yep. Hang on, hang on here. So I'm looking at two thousand five rosters. Alex Ovechkin, Jeff Schultz, and Mike uh, Green. Wow. That's a really good draft, and that I would have never guessed the other two. Very good draft. Three first-round picks. That's right, because they they said something about them stockpiling picks during the uh, during the uh, telecast broadcast. Yeah. Interesting. They also mentioned that the Phantoms only had five healthy D-men left after they called up Slaney. So I don't know what ha- I don't know if Pitkin and Terry were out long term, but. Uh, well, they didn't. They, they didn't call anybody then. up. They didn't call anybody up for the game besides Slaney. I guess this would have been before the trade deadline. I think they were talking about making moves still, so it probably would have been right before the trade deadline. So maybe they yeah, could deal some defensemen on that one. I could look this up, Danny boy. Let me see. Five-two finish it was, or five-three. Five-three, I think it was, because Bondra had that yeah, bomb. Yeah, Bondra had the late one. Yeah. Here's another guy that I, I kind of admired, Peter Bondra. All right, we're looking. Just a little before my time. But... Hey, how about, uh? yeah, it was after the trade deadline, game number 69, which would be probably be why they were fucked on defense because they couldn't fucking get anybody. Uh, March 8th? <laughs> you want to know who they picked up at the deadline that year? Hey. Vladimir Molokov. Dude, I liked him. I, I really liked Malikov. <laughs> March but he 8th, wasn't playing in the game, was which would have, This would have been three days after this game. Oh. So they picked up Vladimir Malikov. They traded Chris Terrian to Dallas for a pick that would eventually become Martin Ouellet. Oh, my God. They traded Terrian when they needed defense? Yeah. Man. Oh, they also... Uh, this would have been at the draft. They traded two picks, one of which would become Oscar's Bartulis. Ah, man, I really wanted him to be good. Oscar's Bartulis. Yeah, that's a goddamn shame he never panned out. Oscar's. Yeah, I really liked using him in NHL. That's like the last time I was good in NHL, 2004, <laughs> 2005. <laughs> 15 yeah, years 15. ago, Jim was good at video games. <laughs> For real, dude. 2006 the was the best. Was NHL 06 was the best. Yeah. It was on the cover of that one. Le Cavalier. Yeah, I think I had that one. 
Do you remember who was on the cover of 2005? I feel like it was Eric Stahl. I think it was Eric Stahl, yeah. That's the last one that I was good at, the Eric Stahl one. NHL 2005 was... Ah, that's Marcus Nosland, I believe. Mm, I think I had that one. I used to get that shit every year, and I was good. I had NHL 06 for like a long-ass time. I never got new ones back then. Cause it was What's the just... one... Sorry. What's the one that Giroux was on? 2012? 12? Yeah, that's when I started getting bad. Since I've been bad since 2012. Claude Giroux NHL cover was... I was 2013, actually, NHL 13. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I've been bad for a long time. Was Eric Stahl? That was... What was that? 2008, Eric Stahl. What? With the Hurricanes? Yeah. yeah. With the Hurricanes, yeah. That's, that's like three years past their prime, but all right. Man, I would have loved him with the Flyers this year. Oh, I know they really so angry that beat him, but... Dang it. How, oh, man, how much would that would have sucked? I mean, how much does it suck already, dude, that they were on a nine-game winning streak, a point out of first place, and the season just is done? There are uh, rumors on Twitter earlier that the NHL is asking the arenas for their August availabilities. Wow. So they're going to try so they got- to do something this year. They're not giving up easy, but... I, I have a hunch, man, because a lot of these leagues are targeting, and even and I'm you know I'm not trying to spread any rumors or give anybody false hope and whatnot, but I'm just giving my hunch. I, I have a hunch by like middle of April, things start getting pretty clear to like when things are going to happen. Yeah, I think um, we're still in the early stages here. There's yeah. more. There's more shit that's going to hit the fan in the upcoming couple of weeks. I think that'll really determine just how bad everything gets and and. Uh, yeah. you know what the overall uh, consensus is going to look like, but yeah, yeah, I'm pretty confident that that we'll see some we'll see some hockey, but you know, I, I guess the point was like we've been waiting all year for the team to catch fire. They caught fire, and it's like, oh, stop, you know? Yeah, that's that's uh, typical. Now, you got to start it back up. Right <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the fucking the universe doesn't want them to win. All right, let's talk about the fun part of this game. The only fun part of this game. Oh, my God, we forgot. The brawl! Fucking brawl. Donald Bashir, dude, like... They put Donald Bashir and Rob Ray out there with two minutes left, and you knew something was going to happen. Even the commentators were like, oh, shit, shit's going to hit the fan real quick. It's over. They dropped the gloves under two minutes left. They just beat the unholy shit out of each other. Right in front of Robert Esch, right in his crease. Which would eventually lead to Robert Esch getting involved in another fight. Uh, Brashear picked his fight with Tom Simpson on his way to the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, Robert Esch got involved. Patrick Laleem came down. Those two had a dance-off, essentially. Uh, Sean Van Allen beat the shit out of Branko Radovojevic in the corner. Which, good lord, that was brutal in that one. For the majority of the fights, the Flyers lost, I thought. Chris Neal and Radovan Samek squared off. Zidane Chara was out there uh, 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 with Matthias Teamander. Poor guy. I believe Hanzus he got, got his ass whooped by somebody. Michael Hanzus got fucking face planted by Mike Fisher of all That's people. That's it, Mike Fisher. He like hip tossed him, and he, Hanzus landed right in his fucking head. 
He flipped <laughs> over. Like twice. He picked him up and did I don't it know again. How he like, got what up. was he doing? I'm surprised he wasn't yeah. dead after that. Fucking seriously. Christ. Uh, then <laughs> there was the. Um, I have so much excitement. I'm losing my voice. There was the. They kept zooming in on Ken Hitchcock, who's just on the bench, absolutely stone faced, with his arms crossed, staring down the Senators' bench. And there were three players there. I don't remember who the other two were, but it was John LeClaire. <laughs> and Ken Hitchcock would have been like, get him, brother. And he, LeClaire <laughs> why popped is, over the why bench. Why does Ken Hitchcock sound like Hulk Hogan? Because <laughs> uh, we just watched game three. That's what Hulk Hogan was doing. <laughs> so <laughs> so he, yeah. he rolled his eyes, put his head up, and rolled his eyes and went out there. Off the next face-off, it was LeClaire and Redden, and Recky threw down with Smolinski after killing him early with a blindside hit. And the two face-offs later, Spezza and Sharp would throw down, which was, you know, just kind of there at that point. The ironic part of this entire fight, the entire brawl, the entire thing that started it was a week previous when uh, Havlot hit Recky in the face. Marty Havlot... Wasn't in the fight. He was serving an instigator call on Zdeno Chara for one of the fights. So he was on the bench, and then he served the instigator. So he was one of the six remaining players and did not get in the brawl. That is interesting. Like, why wouldn't anybody go after Havlat? He was another player I liked, too, by the way. He had uh, some skill earlier on. Like I really, uh, I really liked him. He was kind of, kind of reminded me of Gabrick. How I like Gabrick yeah. would always get hurt, but you knew he had the skill. Um, but yeah. Anyway, like the brawls. Like, I'll tell you one guy that I would never ever want to try to fight is Donald Brashear. He just looks like he wasn't could, he a boxer for a little while after he. Uh... Ah, dude, that's Retired. what he looks like, like a, like a a boxer or like a UFC guy on, yeah, on yeah. skates, like. Donald he looks like he could fucking shit. murder you. And, like, I don't blame Rob Ray for, like, not wanting to fight him. 6'3", 240. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. He's a full person bigger than I am, for fuck's sake. And it's, like, looking looking at him now, like, he, he looks kind of weird, like, as a hockey player. Like, he looks more like... That was oh, one of the things, me. like, watching this, uh, again, the, this was 15 years ago, so just watching it was odd, but he was one of the people especially that's, like, what are you doing out there? <laughs> he didn't look like he was a hockey. Like he looked like he was a wrestler on skates. You know, like even even the, his body, like he was just so like he was just like usually built in a, when, a very like big. He was huge. Man, he was a wall. Yeah, yeah. Like hockey players typically like they look kind of skinny or they'll be like ripped. This guy was just jacked, like a fucking linebacker on skates. Like, I, I would not want to get punched in the face by that guy. Uh, so, Rob God, Ray got Wikipedia pretty His Wikipedia page is, up, like, dude. nine miles long. Really? Probably just a that... recapping brawls from different games, it looks like. Probably, yeah. He'd be a fun guy to, to write about or whatever, talk about. Donald Bashir. How long was he with the Flyers? Do you know off the top of your head? Actually, uh, I could probably... 2001 to 2006. Wow, was, was after... it that long? Yeah. After was that his longest tenure team? I was the lockout. Uh, he was with the Canucks for a long time, ninety six to oh two with the Canucks. That's Holy six shit! It's only four with the Flyers because one of them was the lockout. See, he's a guy that I would think he's would been bounce for fucking ever. He played one thousand twenty five NHL games for Christ's sake. 
What? Holy <laughs> shit, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like he played around this, the same amount of games for each team. I mean, you're right. Yeah, the Canucks, he played six years, four years in Montreal, four years Philly, four year, three years Capitals. I don't remember him playing for the Capitals after the Flyers. In 2011, Brashear signed a three-fight contract with MMA promoter Ringside MMA. Dude, he played until 2010? (laughs) What? That was 10 years ago. I feel like that's been ages ago. 2009-10 was his last season. Holy shit. He was 38, and he was still dropping dudes. And in 2011, he was a fucking MMA fighter, for Christ's sake. Wow. That's impressive. First fight occurred on June 4th, 2011 against Matthew Bergeron uh, at the Pepsi Colossi Pepsi Center in Quebec City. In, yeah. in the fight, Brashear immediately charged Bergeron, knocking him down with a right hook. After knocking him down, he continued to hit him with hammer fists, forcing the referee to stop the fight after only 21 seconds. Bashir was officially awarded the TKO. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This guy would probably be scary even today. He's 48. I was going to say maybe we should try to have him on the show, but I think, I, honestly, I'd I'm be too scared of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Even over Skype, shit. I'd be like, don't kill me, bud. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I will, I'll reach out to him, though, and I'll see. You never know. Those guys are usually a little bit more humbler, humble than the, uh, you know, than the other guys. I'll reach out. I'll, I'll make some moves. Game ended with 419 penalty minutes, which was an NHL record. It still might be, for all I know. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Flyers also set the record for the most uh, penalty minutes by a single team of 213. Each players had uh, six play. Each team had six players left on the bench to finish the game. Flyers won five to three. Could you imagine if they would have lost that game? Like everything would have just been shit. There's no way I would rewatch shit that. Shit would have got a lot worse a lot sooner in that game. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh... See, here's the thing. That entire game, even though they were winning 5-2, to two, by the time all this stuff happened, it was so boring. It was such a slow, boring, nothing-happening game from 2004 until the last two minutes. Yeah, and in the last two minutes, it was like, oh, my God, this is great. And even you know what's funny? Even back then, people were calling for fighting to stop. And here's my opinion on fighting. Like, the game needs it, but... I don't want to see anybody get hurt unnecessarily. It you know, just, it, so like, I mean, it's worked itself conflicted. out of the game for the most part. I mean, yeah. you, uh, a fluck, uh, how many flyers, uh, uh, fights have the Flyers had this year? Like two or three? I can't think I of can't. any off the top of my head. They may not have even had one. Like, who would have fought? Flyers. Eskinen, maybe? Oh, yeah, when he killed Jack, uh, uh, Jack Hughes in the one game, in the Devils game. Somebody, somebody fought fall. somebody in that game. Yeah. Hockeyfights.com. There we go. Thank God for hockeyfights.com. 2019-20 regular season fighting major. Uh, Chris Stewart had three. Haig had two. That's right. Haig got killed by uh, Jasperi Kakinemi that time. <laughs> Who the hell was shit. the other one? Was it Marchand? Uh, so Haig fought somebody tough. Yeah, I remember he fought somebody tough. I don't remember who the hell it was, though, because I remember he got his face pummeled in. Yeah, he oh, went after God. somebody. Oh, God. Somebody hit fight? Drew, I think. Yeah. Robert I feel Hague. like 
I don't think it was against the Rangers. It was somebody big, and he got it. <laughs> the first one that comes up is he's very cut can hear me. He just got his fucking ass beat by somebody that's half his size. Yeah, it was a tough dude, and I can't remember. Rob, oh, there we go. He has his own hockey fight page. We can just look it up. Tom Wilson, that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah, he got his fucking face caved in. <laughs> there aren't too many people uh, tougher than him. And you got to give credit to Hague for going after him. Joel Farabee was in two fights this year. Oh, my God, that's right, Enforcer. Abe Kubel, Thompson, Voracek, and Niskanen all had one. So what's that, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 total? Yeah, that's a lot of fucking fights, actually. That's far more than I remember happening, that's for sure. Shit, I, I, guess, like, I thought three. they maybe had two. Yeah. Stewart's, I guess those, well, it's a regular season, so. I remember he had a couple in the preseason, too. How about that, man, Stewart? I went Everyone to the Phantoms game when there still were Phantoms games. And they're like, uh, tonight scratches. Chris Stewart. I'm like, oh, my God. I totally forgot Chris Stewart was a fucking thing until just now. Like, <laughs> but isn't it crazy how, how much time people wasted on him? Yeah. And you know what? You know what else was on the other day? Remember when they lost that game to Lusanne or whatever the, the fucking uh, oh, European team was? And it was over before it started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and everyone was flipping out. Like what? Like, and then, and then look what this team ended up being. You know, that's just funny. Some of that stuff. Like, okay, yeah, they shouldn't have lost that game. Let's see who Jill Fairby this year. Who was two against? Jill Fairby, JG Pajot, and Marcus Fellino. Wow, he's a pretty tough dude. Well, I fucking miss talking about. Actual hockey, like right after the trade deadline, all this fucking shit goes down. Like, come on. Yeah, I think we're gonna be stuck to watching some vintage games for a little while longer. We can watch the other Flyer Senators brawl. What other one? From uh, 2011. Why don't I remember that one? Because it wasn't nearly as bad as the first one. I'll have to go back and watch. I'll put that on the list. Flyers versus Senators, uh, January 20th, 2011. It's my sister's birthday. Drew Steamroll and Jesse Winchester with 7.48 left in the third period in a game they were winning 5-2. Senators didn't take kindly to uh, Winchester drop the gloves of Jeff Carter. The game continued for four minutes until Nick Felino would seek revenge on Claude Giroux. While Felino dominated Giroux in the fight, G did manage to get a few good shots before slamming him down back first on the ice. The following Ooh. face-off, all hell broke loose as Hartnell fought Yarko Rutu. Uh, Karkner, I assume it would be Matt, went after Sean O'Donnell. And Jody Shelley paired off with Chris Neal. God, that would have been a good fight. Yeah. Fucking Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll go back and watch some, yeah, some heavyweight fights. Uh, both that, Hartnell and O'Donnell that... fights finished quickly, but the heavyweight Shelley and Neal had a pay-per-view caliber fight, which ended in a draw. Ah, oh, boo. Yeah, speaking of... Uh... Somebody has your idea, but they don't have it for the NHL. They have it for all the uh, the junior hockey games. Mm. There's there's one channel, right, with all the categories and all the teams and leagues all separated. You can go into a league, pick your team, and watch any game you want. And I'm like, Damn. that's that's your that's your fucking idea, but NHL, yeah. right? Oh, there we go. Flyers versus Penguins. Game three is on the list at number two. This is the greatest games of all time. 
This spelling is horrible. I should have re- reread this. Regular. R-E-G-U-L-A-R-A-R. <laughs> Whoops. You put it. <laughs> corona. Uh, well, this was written a long time before Corona was even a thing. August 5th, 2019. Damn it. Actually, that's not true. It's probably written long before that one because they write these in advance. But Would you rather go back to that time when the Flyers still sucked or would you rather be now? In 2012? No, 2019. Last season? Yeah. I never want to watch a Dave Haxel again in my life. <laughs> that's one we're never. That's one more game I can tell you we're not going back and watching. Or any of the Dave Haxel games. <laughs> not happening. James Neal will throw a check to the head of Sean Couturier, who was nowhere near the puck. Couturier leave the ice under his own power, but the fuse was lit. The faceoff would go as normal as follow, but a bend in a play, Coburn would shove Malkin down in front of Briz, which would lead to pushing and shoving. Later in the same play, Neal would hit Giroux in the head. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, that's the one where he uh, did the loosey-goosey legs before he fell down. Giroux. Yeah. No one talks about that, though, do they? Probably had a concussion. Yeah. Where he was just faking it. Drew would hold back Crosby while Hartnell and Adams had a spirited fight. While the officials wrecked of the pen minutes, Flyers fans were entertained by a video of Hulk Hogan followed by chance of You Can't Beat Us and Let's Go Flyers. How about I got two things. That Hulk Hogan thing was perfect. And <laughs> why were they saving that? Like Why were they saving they for had... a brawl in the dying minutes of the game? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but did they like they didn't know there was going to be a brawl. What were they saving that for? It was just so perfect that they had that queued up while all that was happening. Like, why was that ever made? You know? Like, was it to counter uh, Pittsburgh's Hulk Hogan in the crowd? Remember, you know who that guy is, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just so perfect. When that came on, it was amazing. That game, it's got to be one of the best games of all time, right? For for I guess for flyers anyway. Gotta be. That was one yeah. of the most entertaining games I've ever seen in my life. That's why I didn't want it spoiled because just... I want to build up to it. Oh uh, yeah. Number three was the Flyers Penguins battle before the playoffs that year. It's the one where what is Joe, this? Joe Vitale, my uh, top five line. This is brawls. your list. Yeah. Okay. Top five line brawls when Joe Vitale killed Danny Breer at that opener. I said that was the one. I remember. Where, uh, I was in uh, Chicago. Laviolette and. Uh, uh, Dan Bilesmo were yelling at each other on the benches. Tony Granado too. He was going fucking crazy. Derek, Derek England fought Wayne Simmons. Oh, that was a bit of a good one. Yep. Craig Adams dropped the gloves with Mark Andre Bordone. Jesus Christ. Why was he ever on the Flyers? I he, he could have been something. His fucking concussion. Oh really? Yeah. Bordone. I love Laviolette. Do you know who I like more? Dave Haxtell. Elaine Vigneault. Flyers versus Capitals is the one where uh, Ray Emery beat the fucking holy hell out of Braden Holtby. And number five was the Flyers Maple <laughs> Leafs from 1999. I remember when he did that. Why did he do that? Beat the shit Poor out of Holtby? Holtby. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking destroyed him, dude. Weren't the Flyers getting their asses whooped in that game? Oh, yeah. It was like, uh, let's see if I wrote it. It was down. out of hand, right? 
things got heated after Jill Ward scored the third his third goal of the game, which was a hat trick, and controversial passion after Ray Emery lost his mask, making the game seven nothing. The following faceoff, Wayne Simmons st- uh, threw two huge checks on Stephen Oleski and Tom Wilson, and then dropped the gloves with Wilson after that. Uh, during the Simmons fight, Ramry charged the length of the ice to challenge Washington Capitals goalie Brayden Holtby, uh, which he wasn't willing to accept. That didn't stop Emery from crowning Holtby into the corner, where he eventually hit the ice. Uh, while the refs worked on breaking that up, Vincent LeCavier dropped the gloves with Stephen Oleski. Braden Shen faced off with Alex Erbaum. After the dust settled, the Flyers racked up 99 penalty minutes, 29 of which belonged to Emery. <laughs> Holtby wanted nothing to do with that. No, he just... It was a mugging on ice. It was like, please, God, break this up. Somebody stop this man, and no one did. Poor guy. Ray Emery, man. He he was really, really good. The year that the Senators went to the Cup, wasn't he really? Let me look yeah. that up. I'm right here. He was great the year of the uh, Blackhawks. I remember. Too. See, he was just, a, an, again, he was like another guy passing through here, but I remember I really wanted him to do well. And he just didn't. He was a pretty solid backup when he when he was healthy, but that was few and far between, unfortunately. Ottawa. Adam Burt was guess... double teamed by Ty Domi and Thomas Caberle. <laughs> the Adam former Burt. of who would already throw multiple punches after Burt had already fallen to the ice. Oh, Ty Domi's a scumbag. Who would have thought? Yeah, he is. Is that the game where he he wouldn't fight after that? Somebody was coming yeah. after him and he wouldn't fight. And, uh, Richardson. Who would that have been? Richardson. That was his first name. Luke Richardson. Luke. He would come to Burt's <laughs> aid and Domi proceeded to hide behind Caberly. That's right. Domi then skated over to the corner to jawjack with Sandy McCarthy, who was already restrained by a ref. Yeah. Meanwhile, this game was just on, I think. I remember watching this. Yeah, I feel like it. Well, I watched these fights uh, not too long ago. Boucher and Joseph were still twirling around center ice, engaged in an on-ice waltz. <laughs> Domi was led to the penalty box, where behind glass, he proceeded to yell over and flip off Sandy McCarthy and Barubi in the Flyers box. <laughs> what a winner. I, I mean, he was a smart dude. For as much as everybody didn't like him, he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, he knew how to get into people's skin, that's for sure. What were the yeah, toughest was... goalie fights? I wonder when I did it for that one. Who's number one? Oh, Patrick Waugh versus uh, Mike Vernon. Dude, those games were some good. Uh, that, Vernon that, was I, on the, the Red Wings, right? Red Wings and Avalanche back in the day. <laughs> those were some good <laughs> fucking series. What I wouldn't give to watch. I wonder if they're on YouTube. Oh, yeah, they got to be. Yeah, those were some good series, dude. Was and that, those teams were stacked. That was the first one. He fought Osgood the following year, I think. Osgood. The Vernon See, those were the days when I really loved playing NHL, man. Because teams were stacked, and they weren't in the Flyers' fucking division. Every team that's stacked now is in the Metro. Yeah. Back then, it was like, oh, yeah, I'll be the Avalanche. I'll be the, the Red Wings. Now, if you play these games now, it's like, well, I don't really want to be the Penguins or the Capitals. Boy, an honorable, honorable mention was Ray Emery versus Braden Holtby. Do you think I was going to leave this one out? <laughs> honorable mention. Opening line there. Who was the other one? Roy versus Vernon was number one. Uh, Wah versus Osgood was number two. Number three was Felix Potvin versus Ron Hextall. <laughs> 
Uh, four was Emery versus Buron. Any Senators Sabres. Which I believe third line plug Sensecast was talking to us about that game. I have to go back and watch that one. Said they couldn't decide which brawl they liked more. This one or the... Uh... See, now here's an idea. We should both go back and watch that 2011 game, me and you and, and the Sensecast, and combine a podcast. Probably have some good arguments there. Number five was Esh versus Laleem from March 5th, 2004. I, didn't this, I, this is off topic, but didn't the Senators kind of own us in the playoffs? Uh, for multiple years, yeah. Mainly because yeah. Roman Monic allowed soft goals left and right. Actually, I'm sure. I think one year they didn't score any goals, or they shut them out like multiple times. And then it was the year Monic sucked after that. Yeah, remember the Flyers didn't score over two goals in 19 games? Yeah. Remember that little stat? List of Flyer seasons. Let's see here. 95 96 would have been a little later than that. Lost Fuck. in the first round to the Senators, 4 to 1. Lost in the second round of the 2003, 4 to 2. Then they. Started playing the fucking Sabres and Penguins in the playoffs after that. Good times. Good times. Let's put uh, let's put some more games on the docket for this week. This way, if, if you guys are listening, if you want to watch the same games that we're talking about, it'd be cool. You, you want to go over the Pittsburgh series or watch the whole series? I mean, actually, you know what? How many games would be on between this between this Tuesday and next Tuesday? Probably like three, right? On TV? Yeah. Let's say I let's say know. they play. Let's say they'll play Wednesday night, Friday night, and then Sunday. Right. So we'll watch game one, two, and three, and we'll talk about them on the next episode. Thoughts? I mean, I'm planning on watching this whole series anyway. So. All right. All right, we could watch the whole series, yeah. We can review the series, kind of break it down. Yeah, yeah let's, let's have fun. Six games is not bad. We can handle that. Yeah, we could do that. Plus, we're going to need fucking shit to watch anyway, dude. I don't know what everybody else is doing out there, but that's all. I mean, at night, that's all I fucking do is watch old Flyers games and get my ass whooped in Madden. <laughs> God, when I woke up Sunday morning, I watched the this game, the, the Flyers uh, brawl with the senators and like i was so excited and it was just a game ah dude it was like the worst game to watch because like the goal hey how about the senators uh commentators just shitting all over patrick laleen oh yeah they were getting they were like he the rebounds he was allowing and this and that and his rebound control is bad and he should have been pulled and it's like jesus like he didn't I mean, he like, should have been pulled for what it's worth because holy shit yeah. is his rebound control bad there at the end but they were like destroying them. Like, could you imagine Jim Jackson talking about like Neuwirth like that or something? I mean, they, they would say like they would hint that he's not playing well, but they would never, they would never talk about him like that. They would, you know, he's not having the best night or blah blah blah. But they were like pretty exact yeah, on they what were, was happening. Yeah, they were they were pretty straightforward in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. He made like two, three really good saves in the beginning. Like, I was like, God damn, this is going to be a rough game. But then after that, he just 
the rebound control was awful. Esh had quite a few bad rebounds as well, but God, Esh's patience to make saves was just phenomenal. I don't know if it was on the penalty kill or something when when the faceoff was on his left, which would have been his non-dominant, and they just I don't know what happened, but somebody got way open. It was like an Ovechkin shot over there in the the other the opposite faceoff circle, and S just stood there, faced him down, and threw his fucking glove in the air when he took the shot. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> God, his patience was was fucking phenomenal. He did have a good game from time to time. I was never the biggest Robert Esch fan. I, but he, I, he, I was, he was solid from time to time. <laughs> May have been a little biased, but I loved him. Naturally. I'm Absolutely. trying to look up who... Because Laleem was a backup before he was a starter, Isn't he a right? Pittsburgh or something? I'm trying... Yeah, I'm trying to look up who was the goalie for the Senators before he got there. Martin Prusak has been there for a little bit. Yanni Herme? I thought they had a goalie before they got Lalim. And I don't think Prusek was the guy. I'm sorry. I'm going off on a Mike Fountain. What? Yanni Hermy. I guess he was the guy. Ron Tugnut? <laughs> he was there. Class. Yeah, he's a. Damian Rhodes and Ron Tugnut were their pair in 97-98. Tom Barrasso. 98-99 was... Rhodes and Tugnut. It seems like those two are the pair there for a while before Tom Barras. Did he play all of their games? The it fuck? looks like Laleem was there. Games twice. played six. What the fuck? I don't know. Did did they not play a goalie for? They have Laleem listed in wins, so Laleem was ninety nine two thousand. So that's weird. I don't know why his stats aren't down there, but. Yeah, it looks, it like... looks like Laleem backed up in 96, 97, and then, I'm sorry, in 2000. Well, yeah, Laleem was in 2000. And, uh, so odd. Tugnut and Damian Rhodes were the late 90s then. So, who did Laleem back up that year? Barasa. Laleem a fucking penguin at some point? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and then he like didn't play in the league for three years. Yeah, was the IHL. Uh, Barrasso. Ask a Pittsburgh fan who Tom Barrasso is. I bet you they can't answer. <laughs> Yanni Herm and Mike Fountain. Who the fuck is Mike Fountain? I don't know, but I remember hearing... I think it's pronounced Herme because I remember hearing that name. I don't know if he was Ace ever finish. good. Yeah, it probably is. Yanni Herme. Let me go back and see. Cause I, I don't... old school Patrick Laleem Senator's jersey. He's one of the gold trims on the bottom. Oh, beautiful. I used to like their jer- their uh, old logo. Their... They had some cool jerseys back in the day. Yeah. The one that got really weird was when they tried to make the face look too real. It had the weird, like, dead eyes on them. Yeah. They just staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were really cool, like, when it was looking to the side and whatnot. But then they, they got really weird. And then they did the stupid O. Like, that was so lame, dude. Yeah. But the old school Ottawa Senator logo was was cool. And they had cool <laughs> uniforms. Daniel Alfredson, Marion Hosa, Marty Havlock, Wayne Redden, Mike Fisher. Man, what a cast. Zidane Nochara. Zidane Nochara was a fucking scary dude back then. Yeah, he's, he's always ugly. He's such a dick. <laughs> Martin Prusak, Ray Emery, and... 
Patrick Willeem. Damn. Prusak was there for a while. Uh, Martin and Prusak. How long have we been going? I feel like we've been going to this for eight hours now. An hour, 11 minutes. I yeah, I got to take a piss. I'm mean piss. Yeah, I need me some dick, so maybe we'll, uh... <laughs> All right, this shit up. Uh, Martin Prusak from 2001 to... 2004, when he left to go play in Czech Republic. I guess he is from Czech Republic. There you go, Czechoslovakia. Sounds Czech. All right, everybody. That was our game review. We'll All pick right. a game for next week. A more exciting one. Yes, we'll find something more exciting than this. And we'll get we'll pick something to get fired up about. We'll, and we'll talk we'll about it right share away. Share the link on uh twitter when when we figure it out brotherly puck okay. angry negative at in the flyer fan at brotherly puck at brotherly underscore pot at angry negative be sure to check out the summer series on brotherlypuck.com top five players you forgot series uh the flyers one is out now next week will be the mighty ducks so there you go and the worst of first hockey jerseys by team the flyers will be up tomorrow morning which will be wednesday and next week will be the ducks as well we're going to go by uh teams here for the week so uh, check that out tomorrow morning. I'll be doing a show with Anthony. We'll recap the 2006-2007 Flyer season. Lord help us all. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, uh, Jim, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Jim Ike HW. Uh, we're doing a best hockey name thing over at uh, HW, so give them a follow and go vote. Share it if you want, please. Um, doing some writing for... Puck pros, check out the articles, guys. Let me know what you think. <clears throat> I put a couple out uh, this week. I think I did Matt Sundin and Sergey Fedorov, two uh, two fun ones. So check them out. All right, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow morning. But until then, goodbye and good night. Too late for